0: Quick reminder, don't forget you have until November 24th to enter our SparkJoy giveaway. We'll announce our winners during our Best of Show on December the 1st.
1: Head over to sparkjoypodcast.com forward slash iTunes for instructions on how to leave a star rating and written review for the show. Then send us an email to contact at sparkjoypodcast.com to let us know you've left a review. Be sure to include your iTunes username for a chance to win one of three coveted Kanmari-themed prize bundles that will definitely spark joy in celebration of our three-year anniversary.
0: Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show.
1: We can't predict, but we can prepare. Today, we'll explore the importance of getting organized and prepared at home in anticipation of an emergency. We've invited emergency preparedness expert Carrie Butler to the show to help you can marry your emergency needs to protect you, your home, and those you care most about. Carrie is the owner of Emergency Cafe, LA's premier emergency preparedness concierge service. She has over 15 years of experience educating and empowering her clients to be prepared. And provides personalized consultation services for individuals, families, and businesses. Welcome to Spark Joy, Carrie.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Now, Carrie, you are an emergency preparedness expert, which is, I'm guessing, a pretty unique profession. What led you to dedicate yourself to this career path?
2: There's not anything that I can say to you, I woke up one morning, you know, and decided that this is what I was going to do. It actually started when I uh, got my kids into elementary school. So they're 21 and 22 right now. So it was a while ago when they were like five and six, we started them in kindergarten the school system in Los Angeles was such that you had to charter in. You had, and literally, it was the luck of the draw. Like they drew your name. We were really, really lucky to get into this great school in Brentwood, Kenter Canyon Elementary School. And one of the moms was leaving. Her son was going into sixth grade, and she was in charge of emergency preparedness in the school, like at in the classroom setting. She asked me if I would take over for her, and I was so excited to be. At the school, because it was such an amazing school, that I did it. I said, sure, okay, whatever. Literally, that is how this whole thing started. And so I got educated in what it needed to be in each classroom. And from there, the universe just kind of had another plan for me. The universe knew that this was my path, and it just kept putting people in my path that would expand all of my knowledge about being prepared. I met the head of the CERT of the entire county of Los Angeles. She takes care of all the emergency preparedness for the whole county of Los Angeles. And we became fast friends. And I know it just sounds crazy, but I just kept building on all of my education. And someone finally said to me, will you come to my house and do this for me? And I said, sure. And that is how Emergency Cafe was born.
1: Sounds like it was definitely meant to be I have never heard of an emergency preparedness expert, so I'm looking forward to learning more about what you do. I'm curious about who typically hires you and what are some of the emergencies that they anticipate?
2: So I call myself an emergency preparedness concierge because I go to you. Like, I go to your home. We do an entire walkthrough of everything you know, from what needs to be attached to the wall, to your supplies, all of your emergency stuff. And we talk about earthquake, we talk about fire, we talk about evacuation. You know, unfortunately, we also have to bring up active shooter. And now we have to talk about COVID. And the people that hire me are those people that really understand the importance of being prepared. It's a big pushback, like a lot of people don't want to even address it. Or it's like a mom that goes, oh, I really got to get my emergency stuff together. And then another mom will say, oh, my gosh, I, you know, just use carry. And so it's also word of mouth. But it, yeah, it's not something that people know about that much.
1: Yeah, I don't imagine people are like in kindergarten, like, yeah, I want to be an emergency preparedness expert when I grow up, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it sounds like such a cool job.
2: Thank you. I have to tell you, talk about joy. It truly, truly, truly is my joy to go into people's homes and prepare them and their families for being safe. I mean, what an honor it is that they trust me to make sure the most precious thing in their whole world, their family, is safe. Like it really, it is just my joy. I love it so much.
0: I'm guessing that. Getting prepared for an emergency is really something almost like decluttering in that we know it's something that we should do, but sometimes it's really hard to make that push to actually take action toward it. It's, it's almost like, you know, how big does the mess have to get before you're ready to do something about it? You know, living here in New York City, I've lived here for almost 25 years, and I can tell you that, okay, well, we had this emergency at the beginning of the century. And then we had all of these hurricanes and now we're going through COVID and, and we kind of get ready or we get ready for a little while, but it's really hard to really make those steps to being ready to tackle the problem once and for all. What are some tips that you have for people who, for whatever reason, either don't feel that this is something that's ever going to impact them or they're just really having a hard time knowing how to even get started getting prepared. That's the truth. Like they're so
2: overwhelmed that they don't know where to start so they don't start. There's three steps: getting your supplies, creating a plan, and practicing your plan. Honestly, it seems so overwhelming because it's like, well, what supplies do I need and the, you know and then how do I create a plan? But those are the three steps. Have your supplies, create a plan, practice your plan. And then when I work with my clients, we just take it one step at a time. We'll create the plan. I give them a questionnaire and they fill it out. Everybody needs to have their hand held in some way. You know, like I right now am going to a trainer because I'm not doing it by myself. So someone is holding my hand to get into better physical shape. And so that's what I do. I hold your hand. I get you prepared. We create a plan for you. We talk about supplies. You know, I tell you what you need. And here's the other thing. People think that it's like now they need to go somewhere. No, I take care of all of it. So I kind of take the overwhelmness and the daunting task of it out of the equation.
0: I think that for some people, there's this whole kind of range of preparedness that can be a little intimidating as well. So you have your people who are just like, well, whatever happens happens. You know, if it's my time, it's my time or, or they're complete yeah. complete denial. And then you have people who have like the bunker in the backyard, preppers who have over prepared. Do you help people understand what they really need to do and, and what's practical and, and what steps they can take to not overreact to a situation as well? A hundred percent. And I
2: always let them know that I will get them as prepared as they want to be. I have clients that are just like, you know what? I just want an emergency kit. Okay, here you go. And then I have the clients that we do the plan. We do the house manual. We do all the supplies. And then we have the people that are like, okay, I'm building a shed in my backyard. And I want to make sure that I'm
0: okay for six months. Whatever happens. Yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah.
2: So I kind of let my clients decide where their comfort level is. And then, you know, some people kind of do say exactly like what you said, Karen. It's like, if I have a kit, nothing's going to happen. You know, it's like, okay, I can't convince somebody
0: to be more prepared than they are ready to be prepared for. It's the same with getting organized. I have to be ready to do it. And the degree that feels comfortable to them is really what you begin to work with. So it's a really good analogy.
2: And here's the other thing, like I would imagine it's like, it's a little bit addicting and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's like, if you go in and you like clean somebody's closet, right. They're going to find something else because it makes them feel so great and so free to like have this done. It's like, okay, now like, all right, let's do something else. Let's do something else. Right. So it is sometimes it's baby steps.
1: The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the Spark Joy Club, our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey.
0: If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once
1: and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion.
0: Visit SparkJoyPodcast.com and click on Join the Club to get started. And now back to the show.
1: Definitely. And you may be aware that we specialize in the KonMari method. It's baby steps as well, uh, starting with some high level clutter categories, just like your three phases of emergency preparedness. So with KonMari, you have the five signature categories like clothing, books, paper, miscellaneous and sentimental items. And I imagine that there are some things that stem from these categories that would need to be deemed essential in an emergency. The ones that come to mind are important documents, photos, medications, electronics. How do you prefer to organize and store these types of things so that they can be easily accessed in case of an emergency?
2: Right. Well, so photos, for example, that is like a whole digital thing. And I know that there are, companies and people that kind of get your photos digitally together, putting it in on the cloud or or whatever. As far as documents go, I always recommend that you have all of your important documents on your phone and an actual paper copy of it. And just to kind of clarify a little bit more, like as far as what important documents are, All of your insurance, your medical insurance, your homeowner's insurance, or your renter's insurance, car insurance, anything that covers your dwelling and your person, and also your social security card, your passport, driver's license, doctor's information, any medical needs that you have, like all of that goes together because... Depending on the emergency, like let's say you had to go to the hospital, for example, and you said, okay, I have my insurance card on my phone. Well, what if we had no internet? There's just so much that can go wrong in an emergency. So I always like to have the actual paper copy of it so that you can take care of that right off the bat. Medications, if you are on medication on a daily basis, I always recommend that you have an extra month supply. Now that's a little tricky because some insurance companies will not allow you to get an extra month. So how we kind of trick that is one of two ways. Either you go to your doctor and you just get a separate prescription just for one month of the medication so that you are always, you know what I mean? Like you always have a month at home saved up and you just keep using that and then you go get the other one so that it doesn't expire. And then the other trick is, is right before you can go refill your prescription, I think you have like a a five or a three-day window, just take those three or five pills and start to kind of stash them, if you will. And eventually you'll have like enough for another month. But the other thing to keep in mind is, is that if you have a life-threatening condition, that is when you can call 911 and they'll take care of you as far as your medications go electronics, you know, like if you've got to evacuate, I would say grab your laptop and your phone and go.
1: Great. And do you have any recommendations for how to store these particular things in the home or as you are leaving your home?
2: Yeah. So what I like to do is in the emergency kit, like I always keep like the extra month of medication in my emergency kit, as well as the documents. Now, this does get a little tricky because if you have an emergency kit in your car and you have one in your home, then I always recommend that you keep all of your documents in your home emergency kit. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say this is because somebody could break into our car somebody could just decide they would rather, you know, them have it than you. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just sometimes that happens. And so you don't want to have your personal information in your car. I would keep it at home in your home emergency kit.
0: I would imagine that updating it from time to time is also really important because I have to tell you that I have run into more than a few go bags with power bars from 2001. (laughs) And I'm not even kidding because, you know, and especially when it comes to medications or some of those important documents, you got to kind of take a look at that every now and then and maybe even make that part of your annual to do list. You know, we talk a lot about this idea of uh, the annual tidying that we should do, even once we're completely organized in our homes, just to kind of maintain the freshness of those things. And, you know, situations change over time. So I would imagine that incorporating maintenance is also super important. A hundred percent. And, you know, time
2: is a really funny thing. Like, I love when I get to work with like a wife and a husband because, you know, like the whole family's on board and it's like, yes. And he was like, You were just here. And I'm like, no, Mark, I'm telling you, I was not just here. And so he literally pulled out all the emergency kits that I had given them. They were already expired. Wow. And the food and the water that I use lasts for five years. And he was just like, Oh my gosh. So that's one of those things that I always like. I love my iPhone calendar because it's like it'll set reminders for me. And I think that's a brilliant idea, Karen. Like every year, you know, go back in. And just make sure that everything is up to date, including all of your contact information and doctor. You could have changed your doctor, you know? Sure.
0: So many things. I don't know if this is familiar to you, but there was this game that I have played. It's called, if the house was on fire, what would you grab? That you get like two or three things that you can grab out of your house? And that's kind of like, you have to decide what things you would take in the event of a fire. And I think before cloud storage, It would have been, oh, well, you know, you have to take the computer you have to take all these documents or maybe even these photographs that were really special. If you've done your homework or your preparedness planning, then a lot of those things are going to be available no matter what happens. And I think for a lot of us, or I guess I should speak for myself, my phone is generally an extension of my hand. So that's probably already there. And I think for a lot of people, when you think about, okay, what really sparks joy? What would I take in the event of an emergency? And I had to move really fast. What would you suggest that people consider if they are in a situation where they need to grab the most important things to them, the things that spark the most joy for them?
2: Well, it's interesting that we're using joy and evacuating <laughs> in the same sentence, you know, because I think it's it's really a personal it's a 100% personal thing. Bottom line, get out. You know what I mean? Like if somebody's knocking on your door and then you three minutes to get out because you need to evacuate. The joy is going to be that you are alive. You know, like everything can be replaced, everything. But for me, like, let's just say like I'm looking around my apartment right now. I would grab my kids and I would grab my dogs and you know, we would go, but let's just talk about like being prepared. You know, it's like, those are kind of like little things that like give you joy but if you're prepared and you have your emergency kit and you have a go bag, a grab and go bag, which in my definition are different, then you have the space to open up to say, oh, my gosh, you know, where's that bracelet that my grandma gave me or whatever, you
0: know? You know, I, th- I think it's such an interesting perspective because I, it occurs to me that really the ultimate expression of learning what sparks joy is realizing that none of this material things do. And I guess at no point are you ever faced with it in the same way that you are when you're in the middle of an emergency.
2: Right. I mean, you look at the people that just like experience the fires or whatever, and what do they always say? They always say, we lost everything, but we're alive. Sure. Or we lost our garage, whatever, you know? We lost da-da-da, but we're alive. And that is the most joyous thing that I can I can think of
1: that you are alive. Definitely. And you mentioned that there's a difference between go bag and emergency kit. Could you explain the difference between the two and what you typically may find in each? Yes. Okay. So
2: we were talking about, like, you know, getting ready and how to prepare for that. Let's just say we need to declutter, like, our closet, for example. So that's a really good time to create a grab-and-go bag. So here's my definition. A grab-and-go bag is clothing and those types of things. And the emergency bag is the food, the water, the first aid, the rain poncho, the radio, the flashlight, that kind of thing where you go to the store and you buy your emergency kit. The grab-and-go bag is like if you have to evacuate, our minds do crazy, crazy things. So you could find a pair of jeans on the ground and go, oh my God, I love these jeans. Where's that cute pink shirt that I wear with it? It's like, we don't have time to do so because it's fight or flight when you're in that situation. And the whole idea about being prepared is that you try to be as calm as possible. So my recommendation as far as a grab and go bag is to get two pair of pants, two shirts, you know, maybe like a light jacket, a couple of long sleeve shirts, and then your personal hygiene, toothbrush, toothpaste, an extra hairbrush if you want. And here's, I think, one of the most important things that we forget. And that is depending on the emergency, we could lose a lot of things. For example, we could lose the ability to get any running water at a moment's notice. So- If we don't have running water, we can't shower, we can't bathe, we can't do laundry, we can't do any of that stuff. And a perfect example of that is all the floods that have been happening. There's no clean water right now, right, for that to happen too. So I always recommend that you have at least seven pair of panties in your go bag as well. Because as women, you know, we want to make sure that we can do whatever we need to do. So we would also include like some wipes maybe. And then also some panty liners. Like, I know that that sounds crazy, but that's one of those things, like when I'm always telling my people about, you know, getting your emergency kit together and stuff, it's like, oh yeah, like I wanna add that in there. Things that you don't even think
1: about. We're all spending a bit more time at home these days for the health and safety of ourselves, our family and our community. Are you feeling a little too close to your clutter for comfort? Maybe you're buried under stuff in the home office or craft space, or you're trying to carve out dedicated space for work or homeschool in your basement or on your dining room table. Or maybe you've noticed just how much time you're wasting looking for important papers and emails instead of shifting your time, energy, and resources towards the things that truly matter. During quarantine, my number one priority is to get as many people as possible clutter-free and prepared for the other side of this challenging season. If you're regularly asking yourself, where should I put this? Or am I letting go of enough? Or am I even doing this right? As you can, Mari, a customized virtual tidying experience may be the perfect next step for you. While stay-at-home ordinances are activated, I'm continuing to offer virtual kumari based active tidying lessons, including a tidy desk special, perfect for those working or learning from home. Visit ForTheLoveOfTidy.com and click free consult to discuss the various virtual organizing options available to help you dig out and choose joy once and for all. Yeah, that's a really good one. Are there any other essential items that you feel like people don't think to include or they often leave out?
2: Well, you know, if you're creating, I just essential, you know, like a toothbrush and toothpaste is, I think is one of those things that are really important because it just kind of makes you feel a little bit better, you know, Mm -hmm. that you can brush. In regards to the emergency stuff, like if you wanted to make your own emergency kit, I would make sure that you include some type of food, some type of water, some type of lighting, some type of sanitation, and some type of like radio or that kind of thing, you know, communication.
0: Well, I think it's really challenging when you're thinking about, okay, so what if you are in an emergency and the things that you rely on are just not available? So if something would happen and I'm sitting here thinking while you're talking that I rely so much on, you know, things being in the cloud because I, I preach it as part of my organizing with clients is that, you know, anything you can back up to the cloud, take pictures of all of your important documents and put them on the cloud. But what if that's gone? Mm-hmm. What if the grid falls or whatever? And, and we've certainly seen that happen. So it's really interesting, this idea of making sure that you have, duplicate backup redundancies so that that things can be located in case of you know the worst possible scenarios that might happen right you just can't say never say never like never
2: say never like that's just not that's not a thing anymore you know what i mean yeah who would have thought that we would like shut down a country for 7 months like right. what so yeah making sure that somebody else in your world has a copy of all of your wishes and desires or where your bank stuff is or your passwords to your phone. Unfortunately, we got to think about that stuff where we never would have thought that we had to think about it before.
0: Right. right. Yeah. And I think certainly, you know, I've, I've spoken with clients a lot about this idea that if your loved ones for whatever reason have to find information, in the middle of grief, you certainly don't want them to have to scramble and dig and spend a lot of time and energy trying to find things that they need. That's also kind of the legacy issue, right? Just trying to make it so that the people in your life will not have to struggle if they need to get information.
2: Yes. Like just let them have the ease of it and the grace of it as well. You're right. It's like taking one extra thing off their plate.
0: Sure. Well, you've certainly given us a lot to think about today. Love to know what is your favorite organizing tip. Oh my
2: gosh! Really? Oh my <laughs> I was if you saw my desk right now. Actually, you know, my favorite organizing tip is filing. Like I, I hate paper, so it's like as soon as I get the mail, you know, it's like there's three piles. It's like the throwaway the keep and the file. And so that has saved me from so many things because it's like, oh my gosh, like I was smarter than I thought. I created a file for this, you know, when I needed it. And then as far as emergency stuff goes, I would say my favorite organizing tip about emergency supplies is keep everything together. Because if you do have to leave, you don't want to like run all over the house trying to get everything. And then put a reminder in your phone every year to make sure that you check on all of your expiration dates to make sure that your emergency kit is 100% up to speed.
0: Great. And then of course, at this point in the show, we ask all of our guests, what is sparking the most joy for you at this very moment?
2: Oh, that's such a good question. You know, this actually has just been such a joy to talk to you guys. And I think that The biggest joy for me is that my kids are here with me under my roof. And even though they're supposed to be in college, you know, they are, they're just going to college from Marina Del Rey rather than from, you know, USC and UCI. But I just think that it's that I can have my kids here with me. Honestly, that is what brings me the most joy.
1: Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of your fantastic emergency preparedness tips. I feel a bit more prepared. I definitely have some work to do, but that's okay. (laughs) Definitely inspired. How can our listeners find you and stay in touch with you?
2: My website is www.emergencycafe.com. And you can email me directly through there. And one thing that I really did want to mention is you don't have to live in Los Angeles for me to come work with you. I use Zoom and my iPhone. We do virtual consultations all the time. So I have clients like everywhere. So I would love to work with you guys. Anybody that wants to work with me, we can do it virtually through my website. Call me, email me. That's where you find me.
1: And you have a special promotion exclusively for Spark Joy listeners, right?
2: I do. So if you enter SparkJoy10 when you check out, save 10% on your entire order. Also, I have a list of these tips that I prepared, the top tips to be prepared. And I know that you guys can do a link or something. So I'm going to send these to you so that you can add the link to the show.
1: Yeah, we definitely will. We'll make sure that we link all of your tips in the show notes for some details around how to be best prepared. Thank you so much for joining us today and getting us prepared. Thank you. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life.
0: Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys.
1: To extend your tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club.
0: Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click Join the Club to become a member of the Spark Joy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks
1: for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for
0: listening to SparkJoy with your host Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. SparkJoy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari consultant community.